Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only twin who is here for a second week in a row without his other twin. Are you sad yet, Michael? I miss him. <laughs> I miss him dearly. Actually, Michael's going to Europe next. So the next few weeks, is going to be me uh, with a couple of guests in here. So if you're tired of hearing my voice, too bad. Ha ha. But for today, we have me and Michael, or Michael and I, if we're going super English, you know what I'm Let's saying. Let's get English right. And so. not only that, we're going to have Elliot Christ on. Yeah, we are. Uh, he is a fellow Jets fan. He wrote about fantasy football for four for four. Uh, he was an NFL analyst for PPS. He PP. PFF, excuse me. He was a draft analyst for Bleacher Report and now the sports product manager for the Quant Edge, a new and improved tool to take down DFS tournaments and sports bets. This guy is legit, and we're going to talk to Big him fan about everything fantasy football. Also, before that, we're going to be getting into a mock draft where Michael is going to tell us his strategy. That's right. His secret strategy of the no wide receiver rule. Hashtag zero RB. Michael has been doing this for years, and it's been very successful for him so we're gonna go into a mock draft behind the mind of michael petropolis and his no uh rb um strategy it's yeah, a good name for but until then the proto fantasy podcast begins So let's get it started with the mock draft. We are here with the guru of no running back himself, Mr. Michael Petropolis. Take a bow. Let the people see. The, the zero guru. RB aficionado. Uh, so, Michael, we're going with the zero running back strategy. Obviously, this means we are not going to. It's not that we're not going to roster a running back. We're just not going to take him with a top pick. We're going to concentrate on wide receivers. Because one thing that I've always noticed is with running backs, it's really role dependent. But with wide receivers, it's talent dependent. So when you're drafting players, you're drafting more the player or the wide receiver. So we're going to be looking at the players more than the than the really the roles at this point. Yeah, I also find that running back is a more fluid position. You get a lot of more a lot more people going in and out. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt last year, two people you could have got late. You don't really see that as often with the wide receiver position. You see the studs really stay at the top of the list. So and wide receivers are more volatile. So you get bigger games out of them. And uh, running backs around 24 to 35 usually end up, like those ADPs usually end up just right together anyways, like as a bunch. So if there's a lot to choose from late with running backs. Sorry, we're going to be picking the eighth pick. And one thing that we wanted to do with the eighth pick is we didn't want to get the top two receivers. Or we could have a chance at Nuke. Let's see. But we didn't want to get Antonio Brown because it's really easy to just say, all right, I have Antonio Brown, fine. But... If you're going to go with zero wide receiver, here's how you can do it from the eighth pick. And the way they're going to do this is one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, a defense, and a kicker, of pretty, course. Uh, pretty standard. Pretty standard. This is half point PPR, so that's the, the what we're going for. Michael, are you ready to draft? I was born ready. Let's get started. I don't know why I'm yelling. All right. So, the draft has begun. Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Brown, David Johnson is the top five. I feel like there's some form of that mix-up in the top Antonio five. Antonio Brown is interesting for. Uh, over David Johnson, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, Nuke, goes with the sixth pick. And Alvin Kamara with the seventh pick. That leaves us with a 
bunch of wide receivers to choose from. Uh, what we have here, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, A.J. Green. Even if we weren't uh, drafting no running backs, uh, the experts on Fantasy Pros, which we are simulating the draft with, uh, they put together all the experts around the industry, and they say which pick they think will be the best here. And Odell Beckham is the pick. Um, but Julio Jones is here, Michael Thomas is here. Who are you going with in this spot? Julio Jones is a bit too volatile for me. I like him more in best ball leagues where uh, the peaks and valleys. He's very peak and valley type of guy. The peaks, you could have him in your optimized lineup. The valleys, you could have someone like Marquise Lee jump in there and get you 10 points instead. Uh, in redraft leagues, you have to take the, bite the bullet week to week if he has a bad week. OBJ is a just straight-up monster when he's healthy. Hopefully, he stays healthy, but he's going to be on my squad. One person that I definitely am higher on than some people is Michael Thomas. And I would consider taking him here, but we're going to go to Odell Beckham Jr. here. Uh, that's what Michael says. That's what the rest of the experts say. So Odell Ju- o- Odell Beckham Jr., excuse me, off O-J-L-Beck-Dam. the board. Odell Beckham <laughs> that leaves Saquon Barkley with the ninth pick. If you get Saquon Barkley with the ninth qu- ninth pick, nice. pray to whatever God you believe in. Um, Keenan Allen, Kareem Hunt, and Julio Jones round up the first round. In the second round, Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Michael Thomas almost Ooh. fell to us. Snipe, 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 snipe. And then Delvin Cook. Um, that leaves us with a bunch of wide receiver options here. A.J. Green, Devontae Adams, Doug Baldwin, Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, and T.Y. Hilton, whose stock is rising with every Andrew Luck pass. Yep. Who is the wide receiver you're looking for here? Uh, to me here, it's between Doug Baldwin and Devontae Adams. Baldwin, I feel like, has a lot of potential in the red zone again this year, similar to when he had his 14-touchdown season with no Graham or Paul Richardson. But Devontae Adams is the number one in uh, Green Bay. They got like they got Cobb there, Geronimo Allison, St. Brown, and other rookies. And um, Devontae Adams is in for a huge year. I'm taking Devontae Adams. I agree. I think you have someone with a rapport with Aaron Rodgers. It's hard not to take Aaron Rodgers' number one receiver. Yeah, Adams will get everyone's. He hasn't had a thousand yard season yet. He'll he'll get there. Uh, I don't. You say that with like a little in your voice, but I think that's something that you actually have to take into consideration that he hasn't. There's had no one. Jordy Nelson there anymore. There's no really other guy to steal the targets from him besides Cobb, but Cobb has always been there. Jimmy Graham, don't get me started with Jimmy Graham. How many times are people just going to fall for the Green Bay tight end trap? It never works out. So let's see what we have here. One thing that is good about zero wide receiver is it kind of gives you an edge on two positions where you need an edge, especially in a 10-man league. You have an edge with uh, quarterback and tight end. And we have a chance to draft a good tight end here because off the board, after us, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, LaShawn McCoy, Rob Gronkowski, Devonta Freeman, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Jarek McKinnon. That rounds up the second round. Doug Baldwin, Joe Mixon, Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, Tyreek Hill, very high for him. Travis Kelsey and Jordan Howard got sniped right before us. Uh, I would be pissed because I'm probably looking at Jordan Howard if I have Odell that Beckham Jr. And Devontae. Quality value. Yeah, and, and Devontae Adams on my team. But... Uh, what the pros say, Stefan Diggs, Zach Ertz, Larry Fitzgerald are the pass-catching options. After Stefan Diggs, though, and Larry Fitzgerald, it drops down to a tier break, in my opinion. Uh, Amari Cooper, Demarius Thomas, Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, Allen Robinson. Um, and with the tight ends, after Zach Ertz, we get another tier break, in my opinion. Greg Olson, Evan Ingram, Jimmy Graham. So who are you looking at here? I actually really like Alshon Jeffrey this year. Uh, I think he'll fall, though. To the fourth round. So I'm cool with going the Eagle stack, Ertz and Jeffrey. 
Interesting. So you would stack a, two Eagles pass catchers. Yeah, that's fine with me. It is a highly potent offense. We're going to go with you. You're the master. Personally, I probably would have gone with Stefan Diggs or Larry Fitzgerald here. I like Thielen to Diggs in Minnesota. And I've just I've been off Larry Fitzgerald for like three years. I can't jump back on now when he's like 35. The bandwagon is... I had Larry Fitzgerald on the Brodo team last year, and he killed for me every single year. But we're going to go with Zach Ertz and fill in that tier break at tight end, which is so important. Like, I cannot tell you how important that it is, to me, at least. So now what we're looking at is Stefan Diggs right after. CMC, Josh Gordon, Alex Collins round up the third round. Larry Fitzgerald is the first pick in the fourth round. Amari Cooper, Jay Ajayi, and Brandon Cooks. Jay Ajayi is someone I would have loved to have told you Jeffrey's going to fall. So now we have a we have a now we have another dilemma because are we going to jump at either quarterback or running back here or are we going to stay with our strong wide receiver? Um, I like some weight stance. receivers, so it depends. I might go running back here. Uh, the running backs left, uh, Kenyon Drake, is uh, an example of the type of running back that we're going to have here. Uh, Darius Geis uh, is another example of. A player that's available at this, Rashad Penny, Lamar Miller, Derek Henry, Deion Lewis, uh, Mark Ingram, Royce Freeman, a, a bunch of guys that are still available here uh, in the running backs. Uh, for wide receivers, Demarius Thomas, um, this is the overall. That's not wide receivers. I'm going to say Kenyon Drake right there. For wide receivers, Demarius Thomas, Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, Oof, these are some solid receivers. And Russell man. Wilson's still there with the no, I don't like Russell QB Wilson. pick. So you're really picking between... Running backs like Kenyon Drake and Darius Geis, which yes, they could have big years. Rashad Penny, but they're they're not sure things. And then you're looking at DT, Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, uh, Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, who I know you love this year. Yeah, I do. This I would be all right with Juju here. I I really would be. We also have DT there. DT is also Keenum. available. And Jeffrey. Um, hmm. I'm stuck between Jeffrey and DT here. I have them pretty similarly ranked, but I have Jeffrey with the edge currently, so I'll go Jeffrey. Why Jeffrey over over Juju? I think, oh, man, I would love to have Juju here. Jeffrey's the number one on his team. He uh, slowly built rapport with Wentz last year. He's coming off a full healthy season for the first time in a while. I, I like his prospects coming into the season. Four pass catchers in the first four rounds as we add Alshon Jeffrey to our list of players. Going after him was DT, Geis, Golden Tate, Kenyon Drake, Juju with the 10th pick in the fourth round. Michael Crabtree with the 11th pick in the fourth round. Interesting. I also, I'm a big fan of Kenyon Drake this year. Allen Robinson with the 12th pick. Uh, round five ter- shakes out Deshaun Watson, Chris Hogan, Jimmy Graham, Tom Brady, Evan Ingram, Russell Wilson, and Pierre Garçon. So anything that we could have gotten in terms of a value at quarterback with Tom Brady and Russell Wilson coming off the board. I don't want Russell Wilson, bro. It kind of doesn't look like that anymore. Now we'll go running back. Who are the running backs? So let's take a look at the running backs now. We have Rashad Penny, Lamar Miller. Uh, for for receivers, we got Jarvis Landry, Landry, excuse me, Marvin Jones. Cam Newton is the best quarterback on the board. Uh, Greg Olson is also a tight end that they're saying we should draft, but we already have a tight end, so that's not going to happen. Um, for Deion Lewis is available. Mark Ingram is available. Royce Freeman is available. Rashad Penny's available. I said Lamar Miller already. Um, there's a plethora of people that are available here. Yeah. Um, it's between Lamar Miller or Mark Ingram for me. I'm not a Lamar Miller guy. 
he's going to be the number one guy with Deshaun Watson there. I am a Mark Ingram guy, but he's going to be suspended four games, and I don't have the running back depth currently to suit my needs there. What about Deion Lewis here? Would this be a super stretch to get him here? Deion Lewis is a bit of a stretch. It's not the worst pick. I think we go Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller in the fifth round. So we're going with our first running back, and our first running back, not for nothing, is our running back that will have volume for the foreseeable future as long as Devonta Foreman isn't hurt. Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman, excuse me. You always call him Devonte Foreman. It's I don't know why. Devonte Freeman, probably. It's it's just stuck in my head. I think it's the, the way he spells his name too. I mean, it's not like you've ever been good with names. That's true. <laughs> Jarvis Landry, Carson Wentz, Marvin Jones, Delaney Walker, Sony Michelle, Derek Henry, Corey Davis, and Devin Funches. Jarvis all Landry there is really bad. Now we're looking at some running backs there. We can have a nice little running back tandem even after picking Hashtag all this. zero RB, bro. A lot of people are super on the Rashad Penny bandwagon. I'm not sure if that's the case because I think the, the Seattle. In the sixth round, it's definitely tempting. The Seattle running game might have a lot of negative game script, though. Yeah. So, Deion Lewis is there. Mark Ingram's still there. Mark Ingram's still here. Give me Mark Ingram. You you, you can't pass up a Mark Ingram in the sixth round. And you don't even think about it. Folks draft Mark Ingram if he's there in the sixth round. It's that certain. You don't have any... You don't care about his suspension, nothing. He's been a stud for like three years now. He's in a contract year. The Saints aren't going to run Kamara into the ground. He'll step back into his role after four games. So Ready to roll. Mark Ingram into that second running back slot, which we're going to have to fill because let's not forget the first four weeks count too, people. Yep. Um, Kyle Rudolph goes next. Ronald Jones goes with the seventh round of the sixth yep. pick. Greg Olson. Rash- you, it's a league loser, Ronald Jones. Yeah, especially if he goes in the sixth round. Rashad Penny, Sammy Watkins, Jamison Crowder, and Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson mm. slowly is creeping up those boards. I was hoping to get Robbie Anderson later. Will Fuller, Marshawn Lynch. That I would have loved to have Marshawn Lynch, I'm not going to lie. Um, Julian Edelman, Robert Woods, Cam Newton. Excuse me, Cam Newton, Trey Burton, and Devontae Parker, which leaves us with a running back. I like back Robert Woods there. With a couple of running backs that I love. Deion Lewis. And Royce Freeman. I think both of them have a chance. Who do we got besides that? Um, on the running back list, we have Tevin Coleman, Duke Johnson, Chris Thompson, Marlon Marlin Mack. I think there is a tier break after Deion Lewis. I feel Royce like Deion Freeman. Lewis is... I'm going Deion Lewis, for sure. He's the one that has the better... The the more certain pick. Let's put it that way. See, now I just went three straight running backs after going the wide receivers. He goes zero RB. You can still stack up with the running back position later on. And the running back position, like you said, is so fluid. So we're drafting Dion Lewis. Recap the team real quick. It's a solid squad. So far, Lamar Miller, Mark Ingram, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, who else we got here? We have Devontae Adams, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, and Dion Lewis. That is the squad. That's the squad right now. It's pretty solid. Pretty solid. Royce Freeman also has fell. Drew Brees, Nelson Aguilar, Kirk Cousins, Randall Cobb, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jordy Nelson, Marlon Mack, and Cooper Cup go. So now we have the fifth pick in the eighth round. Royce Freeman staring us right in the face. And if we want to keep just taking these running backs in, we have the we have the depth at pass catcher and at wide receiver in particular to do so. Uh, who are the other receivers there? The receivers available, Emmanuel Sanders, um, who is way past his ADP. He's a 30th overall uh, wide receiver, and he, the next available wide receiver is the 40th Marquise Goodwin. 
So Emmanuel Sanders could be a steal here. Uh, Sterling Shepard, Kelvin Benjamin, Kenny Stills, Rashard Matthews. So definitely a tier break. Well, I don't, I don't, care, I don't really care about the fancy pros rankings. I care about my rankings. <laughs> okay. And I have uh, Goodwin and Sanders pretty similar. I'm taking the upside chance for Goodwin here because really? I know I'm going to be able to get Burkhead in the next round. You don't want to take some Rex Burkhead. So you don't want to take Royce Freeman because you know you're going to take Rex Burkhead in the next round. That's right. All right, that's thinking ahead. So let's see what let's see here. Marquis Goodwin. Um only two percent of experts agree, Michael. Dude, does it look like I care? <laughs> so Marquis Goodwin is the next off the board. He's our first wide receiver. Uh oh and goes Michael. It there goes that. Um Marquis Goodwin. Plan B. Let's see. Let's see how Plan B works out here. Matthew Stafford goes next. Sterling Shepard, Emmanuel Sanders, Des Bryant, uh, Andrew Luck, Kelvin Benjamin, and with the last pick in the eighth round, Rex Burkhead goes. Uh, Royce Freeman uh, goes with the in the, the first pick of the ninth round. Could be a steal there. Isaiah Crowell at the second pick. Tevin Coleman. Jacksonville's defense goes with the fourth pick in the ninth round, which is honestly the only defense where I could actually I, say that's I can't really complain right. about that. Yeah, I mean. At least wait till the tenth round. At least wait till double digits. But if you want to lock down your defense position and not have to worry about streaming every week, especially if you got your, I won't be against it. <laughs> if you're starting lineups in, yeah. you know, um, Duke Johnson and C.J. Anderson. All right, Duke Johnson would have been nice here. So we have a we have a choice here because quarterbacks are getting thin. Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers are the only two that I would consider for having. I like Matt Ryan a lot. Ugh, don't get me started on Matt Ryan, please. Please don't get me started on here. All right. Uh, wide receivers, Kenny Stills, Rashard Matthews, Marquise Lee, Allen Hurdens, Josh Doxson, Deshaun Jackson, DJ Moore uh, are the best available according to Fantasy Pros. At running back, Tariq Cohen, Carrion Johnson, who Michael has mentioned his hate for, yep, Jamal Williams, for Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery, Gio Bernard. We're going Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde. someone Hyden. I've been talking about solely growing on me. He's a solid runner. I feel like he's going to get the first chance to – be the lead runner in Cleveland, and uh, he's a solid runner. So I don't, I don't see him losing the job really. Let's keep stacking up on those running backs. I'm afraid that our quarterbacks are going to leave here, and I'm going to have to settle for Matt Ryan. It's not uh, Carlos Hyde and Aaron Jones. Is what makes you love Matt Ryan? He's he threw 21 touchdowns last year. He'll be all right. Ugh, ugh. Uh, all right. Next off the board. Uh, oh, as the draft log gets a little logged up here. Um, Tyreek Cohen, Calvin Ridley, Alan Hearns, Marquise Lee. In the 10th round, Aaron Jones. Marquise Mar- Lee is good. So is Aaron Jones. I like those two. Agreed. Martavis Bryant with a second pick in the 10th round. Yuck. Jamal Williams and Jordan Reed. Uh, ben Roethlisberger still out there. Phillip Rivers still out there. I think if I think if this it was This one's me, for you, Tim. Give me some Filippo Rivers. Oh, I love it. I love Phillip Rivers this year. I'm like... In fantasy. I've turned into Philip Rivers, like, number one fan. You've been Philip Rivers' number one fan. I don't know. Man, last year I said the Chargers were going to be great. Rivers was going to win MVP. And they had they had it all set and ready to go for that. I Don't be surprised if that happens this year, honestly. I mean, a lot of people, that's their favorite, like, Saints type. I know. I was pick. I was a year early. Well, welcome to the club. Um, So we have a... Bunch of nice options still, and now we're getting into the part of the draft where I feel like if, if this is the time to take a chance. Um, Devontae Booker, Nick Chubb, Rashad Matthews, Carrion Johnson, the Rams D, which I think is going to be a really good value. Rams D Bolton? That was the worst joke I've ever heard. <laughs> Kenny Stills and George Kittle, Tyler Lockett, Josh Doxson, Ty Montgomery, Frank Gore, Cameron Meredith, DJ Moore, and Paul Richardson go. 
Cam Meredith. Great pick. Give me some. These three in a row are three of my be- favorite sleepers at wide receiver. Cameron Meredith, DJ Moore, Paul Richardson. Love me some Cam Meredith. That was a great pick. Yeah. Give me some Naheem Hines, bro. Already. That's right. On the well, let's look at the draft value here because Naheem Hines on this board. You gotta reach for your guys. Can't even find him. It's fi- number fifty-one. There's five, six, seven running let's backs. Go. Name the running backs to see who I like better. Giovanni Bernard, Bilal, Bilal Powell, Theo Riddick, James White, Devonta Ford, and Corey Clement. Now, I'm not saying that any of those guys are gonna outperform Naheem Hines, but what I'm gonna say is, do you think we could draft a wide receiver here and wait on the we're next at the, round? We're at the short turn or the long turn. Right now, we are at the short turn. Okay. Interesting. It's well, a, wide receivers are available. Wide receivers available. Deshaun Jackson, Kenny Galladay, Mo Sanu, Anthony Miller, Terrell Williams, D.D. Westbrook, Mike Williams. I am in love with Mike Williams this year. Give me Tyrell the Gazelle, baby. No, I don't want Tyrell. Give me Tyrell the Gazelle. No, no, no. Let's go with Let's go with no. Hines. No, let's go with Mahim Hines. Not over. I love Mike Williams this year. Me you and know you are, I love me some Tyrell. We Gazelle. have a bet on this. You're gonna make me draft Tyrell Williams. I guess you're in charge. Mini you're Megatron the, though is another. You're the guru. Kenny Galladay. Mini Megatron is enticing to me here. I, I I'm down with Kenny Galladay. He had a pretty all right year last year. But all right, Tyrell Williams. It is. I guess you know you're in charge here. You're the guru. Whatever. Gosh. I love myself some Mike Williams. I, I want all of Mike Williams. I want to rub myself in some Mike Williams. Um, I'll take Tyrell the Gazelle. Donta Foreman, Jack Doyle, Kenny Galladay, Doyle. Ted Ginn, uh, Giovanni Bernard, Mike Williams, damn it, uh, Eric Ebron, and Tyler Eifert go. Ben Roethlisberger is still here. So Let people me get waiting. some Naheem, bro. Give me some Naheem Hines in my life. I'm with Naheem Hines going here. Naheem Hines, 12%. He doesn't even have a picture on the on the mock drafts yet. Uh, for those who don't updated, know, folks. Naheem Hines, very shifty, can catch out of the backfield, can play in the slot even. Uh, very new age running back. So Naheem Hines. Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts off the board. Um, definitely, as I read more and more and more, I like him over Marlon Mack. But Marlon Mack still, that's why you take him in the especially the value, 12th yeah. round. How um, many uh, picks we got left? It is now the 13th round. This is our number 13 pick, excuse me. We have a defense kicker and two bench spots left. Um, cool. Who just went? Ben Roethlisberger, James White, Theo Riddick, Samaji Piran, D.D. Westbrook, Deshaun Jackson, O.J. Howard, Philadelphia's defense, Austin Safarian's Jenkins, Matt Ryan, Cole Beasley, Mohamed Sanu, Minnesota Vikings defense, and David Njoku, you can see the defense is starting to fly off the boards here. I'm going to wait on defenses personally. I like. I uh, go defensive kicker in my last two picks. Yeah, I like the Saints defense this year. Hopefully we can get them. But if, if we don't, I have no problem with that. One name that jumps off the board here for me, two names actually, Michael Gallup. Um, you don't know what he's going to be in Dallas. Another I like taking that pick. upside here in the late rounds. And Jordan Matthews, another guy who, if he wins that slot role in New England. I'm not nearly. The sky's the limit. On the Jordan Matthews bandwagon as you and Jason are. Not concerning him here. What other wide receivers are available? Uh, Chris Godwin, Danny Mandola, Keelan Cole, Jermaine Curse. At, at running Chris back. Chris Godwin. Oh, come on. Dude, he was great last year. And a Tampa beat reporter said today, don't be surprised if he's starting over Deshaun Jackson. But Deshaun Jackson is still there. Doesn't it doesn't make you nervous? Deshaun Jackson was bad last year. Like, All right, so you got Godwin and you got Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup, on the one hand, has, you know, a non-defined role. He could be the number one. But no one in Dallas last year was a solid receiver. 
I mean, if you want to go Godwin, you're the guru. We'll go Godwin, bro. What are running backs? Bilal Powell, Corey Clement, Chris Carson. Chris Carson, who Seattle's been raving about. Uh, Pete Carroll said that Pete he Carroll looks likes like to lie a lot. Back. He does. <laughs> uh, Doug Martin, Latavius Murray, Murray, who's basically the premier handcuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Godwin. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Unfortunately, I'm cool with it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, 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 just, I don't want to like him. Godwin. I, re- I don't, I don't want to like him, but I have to. Uh, all right, we're going to draft Godwin. Uh, that leaves us with the 14th pick. Goff, Bilal Powell, Hayden Hurst, Marcus Mariona, Charles Clay, Laguerre Blunt, Corey Clement, and Latavius Murray come uh, Marcus Mariota, before us. Marcus Mariota, that is nice if you um, needed. At wide receiver, Anthony Miller, Michael Gallup still there, Jordan Matthews still there. At running back, Chris Carson, Doug Martin, Chris Ivory, Kenneth Dixon, who's an interesting one. Uh, if you listen to our running backs episode, you know I'm I, I think Kenneth Dixon is going to take over uh, when Lamar Jackson takes over, which I think is sooner rather than later. But who you like in here, Michael? Name some more running backs for me. Sure. Uh, Chris Carson, Doug Martin, Chris Ivory, Kenneth Dixon, Peyton Barber, Austin Eckler, Matt Breida. I'd be down to go with Peyton Barber right here. Matt Breida. Matt Breida. I like me some Matt Breida, man. He's looking good. Jarek McKinnon is uh, my, he's a fragile guy. And uh, I, I do like Peyton Barber. Misspoken about Peyton Barber, but going zero RB is all about upside. All right, so that, there you have it. It's all about upside. Matt Breida gets picked. That leaves us with some defenses and kickers. Uh, I'm going to go with New Orleans here. Oh, yeah. Let's see, if you wait to the last round and get New Orleans, second to last round, you get New Orleans defense. Not too shabby. And kicker, uh, Will Lutz. Give me some Will Lutz. Let me some Will yeah, Lutz. Yeah, a little New Orleans Saints love at the end of this round. Let's see what so, Fantasy Pros gave me. I'm, I'm expecting an A. We have our draft here. Our grade, B-. minus. You know what? Good. I'm down with B-, minus though. I'm down with it. Uh, B- minus usually means you got a good squad. Philip Rivers, Lamar Miller, Mark Ingram, Odell Beckham Jr., Devontae Adams, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, Deion Lewis, New Orleans Saints defense, Will Lutz is our kicker on our bench, Marquis Goodwin, Carl's Hyde, who will actually be the starting running back to start, Terrell Williams, Naheem Hines, Chris Godwin, and Matt Breida. How do you think it came out, Michael? I'm happy if, with that, man. If you really, if you had this team going into the year, you're happy with it. If I have that team, I'm very happy. Deion Lewis uh, filling in at RB while Ingram's hurt, or just in the flex position if he ends up playing better than Henry. The who's the first running back I took? Lamar, Lamar Miller. Miller. Yeah, he's he's not flashy, but he'll get you ten to twelve points, maybe even more with Watson healthy. Ingram is very solid when he gets back. So I mean. Ingram could be a top 12 running back when he gets back. He was last year. The year before, he was basically a top 12 running back when he was healthy. So I'm I'm very happy about it. I, if I could change one thing here, I think I would have went running back with the first pick and did Saquon Barkley instead of OBJ. And then in the fifth round, I would have been a lot more comfortable having Devontae Adams, Alshon Jeffrey, and a fifth-round guy like um, DT or someone that, that went in the fifth round. I'm like, Someone who in that fifth round wide receiver area, uh, I know Robbie Anderson went a little bit, went in the fifth round, but that's a little high for him. But a, a guy like that, I think, um, no, no, I would have liked it. But there is our squad. Actually, let's see the 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 f- round five wide receivers: Chris Hogan, um, Jarvis Landry, Marvin Jones. Chris went Hogan went early in this one. So I, I mean, if you said I could have Saquon Barkley instead of OBJ. And then instead of Lamar Miller, I could have Chris Hogan. I think that would be my perfect squad. 
I'd be okay with that too. All right, so we are about to be joined now uh, by a very special guest. So without further ado, here we go. All right, and now we are being joined by Elliot Chris. Elliot Chris uh, wrote about fantasy football for 4 for 4, was an NFL analyst for PFF, was a draft analyst for Bleacher Report, and now is a sports product manager for the Quant Edge, a new and improved tool to take down DFS tournaments and sports bets. Elliot Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, we've been a big fan for a while. Chris is he's he he's a good follow on Twitter. Definitely get him at Elliot Chris, spelled just like it sounds, uh, on Twitter. One so, L and Elliot. Oh, one L and <laughs> Elliot, right? Not like Zeke. Um, so we're gonna ask you first about your uh, pros versus Joe's draft, and Michael is a little bit closer to that situation, so he's gonna ask you the question, and then uh, we'll go from there. So go ahead, Michael. Shoot, uh, ask away. All right. So Elliot, the uh, pros versus Joe's draft, part of the FFPC. Uh, some an, some pro analysts versus some Joe fans. It's a lot of fun every year, and Elliot was selected as a pro this year. And he started off, so the FFPC is 1-point PPR, 1.5 tight end PPR. It's tight end premium. Two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and two flex, and a quarterback. So you could get a lot of interesting lineups in there. And Elliot actually started with not one, not two, not three. LeBron James style, five running backs. Tell us about that, Elliot. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I uh, I kind of got, I lucked out a little bit in terms of where I picked. I mean, uh, Sigmund Bloom, uh, Rich Rebar, uh, Josh ADHD kind of all were around each other. And, and I was I was in the middle, and I kind of felt like value came to me. Now, I, I think that workhorse running backs are the most valuable thing in fantasy football. I, I, I pre- feel pretty strongly about that. They get more opportunity than any other position. And... I got guys that I, I felt are going to be the primary ball carriers on their team. And being able to start four running backs, um, this, this kind of really gave me depth at the position that other people can't match. So I was able to start off with Alvin Kamara at six, which I think is pretty standard. Um, Christian McCaffrey fell back to me. Then Jordan Howard fell. I, I, uh, I took a shot Penny. If I could go back, I'd take Fitzgerald over Penny. But I really like Penny this year. Uh, First-round running backs tend to get like 17, 18 touches a game, um, which is tremendous volume. And then Darius Geis, who tends to be a third-round pick, fell to the fifth round. And this is something I feel pretty strongly about. You know, FFPC is a 28-round draft. And I basically – I don't want to just ignore a value that's falling to me just because I'm loaded at that position already. Like, I can start four of these guys. I can start as few as two, as many as four of these guys. And drafting five here basically meant I didn't have to take another one the, the entire draft, which I didn't. Um, and I really like the middle rounds for receiver this year. And, you know, I was able to, to capitalize on Marvin Jones, Chris Hogan uh, falling. I mean, Hogan's typically um, a sixth-round pick. Marvin Jones is typically a fifth-round pick. And I got them in the later rounds and really rounded out a nice receiving core where I only need two guys to start um you know i got guys like josh Doxon, anthony miller james washington john ross ryan grant travis benjamin um some of those guys are big play guys and they're gonna have a couple weeks where they they can get a starting spot um guys like anthony miller you know he's really come on strong and if he has a good campaign he could he could really set my team over the top and i was able to load up on a couple quarterbacks matt stafford and andrew luck uh, Luck's one of those guys that's been a top five quarterback every year that he's healthy. Last year he was banged up, and I kind of bought low on him and wanted to see what ceiling he had. But like you mentioned earlier, the tight end premium aspect of this draft is is, is a bit of a challenge. And 
whenever you have tight end premium, tight ends go much higher up the board. And I wanted to take advantage of that, but I didn't feel like there was a value when I was drafted. I mean, drafting. I mean, Gronk went eighth. Kelsey went before um, my pick in the second round, and Ertz didn't make it back. Neither did Greg Olson in the sixth round. Oh, sorry, in the third round. And then Jimmy Graham didn't make it back to the fourth round. And I thought about Walker, but I ultimately decided that guy's was too much of a value. So I kind of just played, you know, pin the tail on the starting tight end and hope that one of these guys each week can fall into the end zone with Jared Cook, Ricky Seals, Jones, Mike Gusecki, Jake Butt, and Steven Anderson, all guys that are projected to, you know, be the number one tight end on their team. They're, they're good athletes. They can make plays. And I'm just hoping that kind of each week one of those guys can – uh, one of the five can fall in the end zone. If they do, I think my team's really strong. And You know, you mentioned FFPC is different. I mean, this this has defenses as well and kickers, and you kind of really got to balance everything. And the the five running backs is something I got made fun of at first, and then when people saw my team, they felt much better about it because it allowed me to basically get depth at every single other position, which is kind of a, a unique thing throughout the course of this draft compared to my competition. Uh, one of the guys that you highlighted here was Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon is one of the guys that I am hanging my hat on uh, this season. Uh, how do you feel about Jarek McKinnon going into the year? I think he has the ability to work himself into the first round next year. Are you high or low, or do you think he's going in the right spot, Jarek McKinnon, this season? So, no, I think Matt Kelly said this, and I think it's incredibly true. I don't hate players. I hate ADPs, right? I mean, you could you could – point out a guy that I, I don't like drafting, but he falls two rounds below his draft. Like, Mark Ingram is someone I'm avoiding drafting right now, but he's going in the third round. Like, he's not suspended for the first four games of the week, this season, right? And then a bye week, week six. But if he were, falls to round six, I'm going to take him all day long. Uh, McKinnon, I think, is one of those guys that's settled into a good place. I mean, he's starting to creep up a little bit higher than I would take him. I've seen him go ahead of guys like Davin Cook and Kareem Hunt, uh, Leonard Fournette a couple times, and that's not where I'd want to take him. I would I would feel good about taking him after the Christian McCaffrey, Devonta Freeman. I'd probably put uh, McKinnon there with uh, Jordan Howard and Joe Mixon in that, that next tier. But I, I think he's kind of settled in towards a late two, basically. Occasionally he falls into the early three, and I think that's the right range. I mean, they gave him, what, $7.5 million a year. He's one of the top five paid backs. Uh, Shanahan's have always been known to produce backs. They will split time, though. I think Rita will, will play as well, but you know, McKinnon can do a lot in the air. He's a freak athlete uh, test-wise, even though his, his on-field numbers don't necessarily reflect that. But it's a good offense. I mean, he, he comes from a quarterback with Jimmy G who uh, isn't scared to target running backs. Though I will say one thing. is when people cite Carlos Hyde's uh, reception numbers for McKinnon, it's important to realize just how much C.J. Bethard, a.k.a. Mr. Dumpoff, targeted Carlos Hyde. If you look at his games, I think – uh, the five games that Hyde had eight or more targets in, Hyde, um, Beathard was a quarterback in all of them. Wow. And they were getting killed, and he was just dumping it. They would be down like 25 points with like three minutes to go, and he would target Carlos Hyde four times in the last drive. <laughs> so it's kind of amazing things, and it inflates numbers, and this, this 49ers team is going to be a lot better than that. And I don't, But I, I, I think McKinnon is priced uh, a little bit closer to his ceiling, but I think that the running back position kind of gets pretty dry after round four, and uh, McKinnon's got, got got some ceiling left at that uh, ADP. So he's a, he's a guy that, you know, I'm a little bit lower on than others, but I certainly want my shares of him. 
One of the things that you're talking about with McKinnon is a new offense and offensive coordinator. Uh, there's a bunch of new offensive coordinators, new head coaches around the league. Are there any uh, coaches that stand out to you as a coach that really gives their player either a boost upward in your wanting to draft them or takes away that player's appeal because the coach might not have a scheme that you think is ideal for that situation? So I think there's two that stand out to me, and it's because it, first is it's addition by subtraction, and then it's addition by addition, which I guess is just addition, but whatever. Um, <laughs> the, the Bears are the first one with Nagy, um, and they get Helfrick from Oregon. who's He's all about pace and his offense and um, up-tempo, easy throws, you know, screen passes, taking shots downfield. The, the Bears go from John Fox, who wasn't aware of what century it was, and was one of the highest um, – run percentage while trailing coaches in the NFL to Matt Nagy, who was kind of the opposite. With the Chiefs, he did run, but he ran in the right situations. He got his star players the ball. He took shots downfield. And, you know, they, they bring in Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, um, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, and Mitch Trubisky goes for a quarterback that actually had some decent games with some running upside with no weapons and a slow offense to a fast-paced offense with a bunch of weapons. And that's an offense I want to get pieces on because I feel like guys have not adjusted to that yet. Um, the other one is uh, LaFleur down in Tennessee. He comes from the Rams. He's going to run a fast-paced tempo. He's going to take shots downfield. You know, Corey Davis is said to be having a good camp. I'll, I'll, I want to see a couple games before I completely buy in. I mean, I did like him coming out a lot. Uh, Mariota's a guy I've always been a fan of. They got Henry. They got Lewis. They got Delaney Walker. Um, they got Taewon Taylor, who a lot of people are happy with and yeah, are excited about. And they're going to take a lot of shots downfield. They're going to increase the pace. They were one of the run-heavy teams last year. And that's honestly, with coaching, so often I'm looking about pace, man. Like, I want I want guys that are going to call more plays. Because look at the Rams and Eagles last year, right? Like, those teams were calling plays consistently. They were pushing the tempo. And it led to a lot more opportunities for their fantasy guys and a lot more depth. I mean, guys like Nelson Aguilar... Uh, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, uh, sorry, not Brandon Cooks, uh, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, um, Todd Gurley, Alshon Jeffries. These guys all kind of had career years with more opportunity, and I think those are two coaching steps that are going to really get uh, guys in that area. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely there. But um, So I wanted to ask something about that. You tweeted something the other day that you just can't stop drafting Gronk. And uh, I see in this FFPC draft that you obviously couldn't get Gronk. He went super high, number eight overall. But uh, and he went with the lower tight end approach. But is there something about that you don't like the lower tight end, lower tier tight ends, or you just really want to have the upper edge at the tight end position this year? So right now, I mean, everything I'm drafting is best ball, and that's that's important. But uh, to clarify, but I mean, Gronk has been going. He, I, a month ago, he was going in the third round, which is a joke. And now he's going middle of the second round. He's starting to creep up. But um, Gronk is one of those guys that's been traditionally like a top 10 pick in fantasy every year. You know what you're going to get. If he's on the field, he's, he's the best player on the field. Uh, he, he has been nicked up some. But if he plays 14, 15 games, you're going to get like 13 tight end one week. He puts up wide receiver numbers last year. I think he had 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns. I mean, that's that's big time out of a position that's really fragile that you really don't know much about. And if I can get wide receiver fraction at my tight end and basically then ignore it until the 13th or 14th round and pair him with a guy like Eric Ebron for upside or Cameron Brait for floor, 
uh, I feel like really strongly that I can win that tight end position. And again, you got, you have to understand. Like I, I really like guys like Keenan Allen and Michael Thomas, uh, AJ Green, Devontae Adams. I think they could have monster years, but I think there are a lot more guys in the middle rounds for wide receiver than there are for tight end. Same with running back. So if I can start uh, a running back. Gronk and another running back. I feel really strongly about those couple positions that I, I have an edge on other people, and then I can fill in with uh, mid-round receivers like Marvin Jones, uh, Chris Hogan, Devontae Parker, Robbie Anderson, uh, Kenny Stills is a guy I really like, Cooper Cup, Emmanuel Sanders, Will Fuller, uh, Randall Cobb, who's basically been a PR uh, wide receiver 14 every time he plays uh, with Aaron Rodgers, but is being drafted like wide receiver 41. Jamison Crowder, I mean, there, there's a lot of talent in those middle rounds, and I feel like if I get four of those guys, you know, I can kind of mix and match and, and beat you at wide receiver while you are you can't really mix and match and beat Gronk. So you mentioned that uh, it was important to, to give a little caveat that you're now drafting best ball leagues compared to redraft leagues. And for those who don't know, best ball leagues are where you just draft a team and then you leave it. You don't put in any, put in any lineups or anything. And then your best players are automatically uh, entered into your lineup. So you have the optimal lineup every single week. But there's usually no trades and no free agent pickups. As opposed to a redraft league, which is a traditional league where there's trades, there's pickups, and you draft a new team. What are some different strategies that you have? And what's the difference in your draft approach when you're playing in a best ball league compared to a redraft league? Well, and one of the things about basketball you need to understand is that, you know, it's kind of winner-take-all. Sometimes second place gets something as well. My draft actually has it's, – it's pretty nice where it's it's one through four, and four gets their money back. First, obviously, doesn't get nearly as much money. But, you know, it's, it's better for guys that are like Ted Ginn's or Kenny Stills or Tyler Lockett's or Paul Richardson's. Um, guys that are tough to weekly start, you know what I mean? Because they're kind of getting those – two for 80 and a touchdown, or they're getting, like, one for six. You know what I mean? They're not. They're, they're very inconsistent players, but in best ball, I don't need to pick which week they're going to go off. You know what I mean? It's, it's just one of those situations where if they go off, that's fantastic for my team, and I don't have to try to guess which week. And I like to mix and match those guys. I see sometimes people go too heavy with those guys. Like, I love getting a Jarvis Landry in round seven, who I know provides a weekly floor with, like, a Ted Gid in round 14. Because, you know, the week's skin doesn't spike. Landry is going to kind of give me that 8 to 10 point floor. And the weeks that skin does spike, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't need anything out of Landry. So I like, I like balancing out um, upside with, with some floor at different positions. And, you know, with, with running backs, I'm just, I'm just looking for pure volume. I know people love to look at schedules and potential uh, win totals. And I think that's really important, but with the running back position, if you get 20 touches a game, you know, you're, you're going to put up fantasy points. And you're going to have some really big weeks. And I'm, I'm looking for volume and I'm looking for upside. And then whenever I go for more of an upside route at wide receiver, I always try to uh, make sure I have a couple floor guys. Sanu is one of my favorite 13th round guys just because he puts up like eight points every week. And that, that really balances out the guys that are kind of in that – two to 20 point range you know what i mean so i i think that sometimes people get too caught off and caught up and just going upside for sure uh i see that one um what's your favorite 
I know standard seems to be a thing of the past nowadays, but what's your favorite setup for a fantasy football league? Half PPR, PPR, maybe tight and premium, similar to FFPC. But what's your, if you were starting, making a startup redraft league, how would you set it? I would do a super flex. That's my super flex PPR with an extra flex. I mean, I always like the more players that can play, I think the more interesting it gets. And the quarterback position is the deepest by far in fantasy football. You know, there's not a ton in the actual NFL that you want starting, but there's a ton of guys that can make weekly appearances on your fantasy team um, and, and best ball especially. So I, I like expanding that so you can't just wait on quarterbacks all day long. I think I want to reward pass catchers. Um, it's a pa- it's a passing league. I mean, you look at any analytic, and it's basically going to say you should throw the ball over running the ball, and I kind of think fantasy should reflect uh building your team around the proper way to play the game today. So PPR and uh, Superflex where you can start up the two quarterbacks. I, I, li- I like that. The, I used to play in a two-quarterback league, and not only did it um, – it, it was more challenging. It also facilitated trading because – yeah, it's like so much more trading. So I I, I like playing a two quarterback league. Uh, I'm back to a one quarterback league in all my leagues though because uh, it seems like no one really is down with the two quarterback system this uh, anymore. But I, I'm a fan. Um, speaking of being a fan of some guys, uh, we went back and we looked at the data, and the last three years, about five people per year out of the top twelve who get drafted in the first round according to ADP bust. They are just absolute. Uh, bust. For example, Demarco Murray last year, I took him at the at the elbow with the twelfth round pick. Um, absolutely busted. Who's your favorite candidate in that first t- top tier first round type of guys? Who is your favorite bust candidate? Probably Leonard Fournette, and it's tough because he's probably locked into some volume, and uh, he's got a very easy schedule. But Fournette's ankle has really been an issue for two years. Um, last year, he, he went like five games without breaking a tackle. Uh, he didn't look very explosive until that Steelers playoff game. Um, I think that TJ Yeldon and Grant are going to have a bigger role in the pass-catching game. and um, I, I think that he's in some trouble. Um, in turn, I think he's the guy I would most, feel most comfortable saying that he's going to bust. And, you know, one of the tough things is, like, last year, David Johnson was a bust. But that's because David Johnson broke his wrist in the first week. Like, if he didn't, he would have been fine. Right? Like, guys like Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Zeke, um, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown, the first five guys, if they don't get hurt, they're going to produce. I mean, their offenses are built around getting them the football. Um, Alvin Kamara was the most efficient running back, like, in NFL history last year. That's probably going to go down. But his volume's going to go up. So that's going to offset some of that. I think Saquon Barkley's every bit um, the hype, and I think he's going to see a ton of volume. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to see like 35% targets from uh, Deshaun Watson. Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and those guys, those guys produce. I know people hate Julio Jones because he didn't score touchdowns last year, but he's had four straight years of 1,400-plus yards that's never been done in NFL history before. He's, he's very consistent with a couple incredible spike weeks. So, you know, a lot of guys in the top round this year, I feel like, are really locked into substantial volume. And uh, Fournette, if I had to pick one, would be the one that I think is most likely to bust. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm I'm staying away from Fournette in most of my leagues. The ankle injury just scares me too much. Uh, similar Similarly to dropping out of the first round, who's someone you like in round three to four who you think could jump into the first round conversation at this point next year? 
Any any round doesn't have to be three to four. Like yeah, someone, no, I'm just yeah. thinking. Uh, I mean, Alex Collins in round three or four. Uh, the end of round three, early round four is someone I love taking. I mean, he was so good for the Ravens in the second half of the year. They've historically really given the ball uh, to running backs, and they target him a lot. And he actually did he did a fair amount with it. Um, I, and if if Lamar gets in there, he could really help Alex Collins. Thielen uh, is a, a mid round guy that I think is just going to mesh so well with. Um, Kirk Cousins on the inside or outside wherever they play him a uh, couple guys I like a little bit later Sammy Watkins is starting to creep up some but I think he could uh, end up being wide receiver one in Kansas City I think Randall Cobb is a guy that I, I want as much of the eighth, eighth round Randall Cobb as possible he's, he's being drafted at Aaron Rodgers gets hurt levels um, Kenny Stills now he, he, he might be the Dolphins best wide receiver, and Jarvis Landry's gone. They, they opened a ton of targets for him, and he, he's a big play threat, and he's, he's actually really good. Um, and then a couple guys I like late. Um, Anthony Miller is someone I've been finding myself targeting a lot. Uh, John Ross. Basically, Ross is the kind of guy that you might drop week three and never think of again. Or if he finally realizes his potential with that game-breaking uh, ability, he could win you a league. And then... Um, I really like Chris Godwin as well, kind of for similar reasons to the John Ross stuff. Godwin came on really strong at the end. I think the Bucks are going to have um, a lot of they're, they're going to have a lot of weapons, and I think Godwin is going to not see much attention and have a few really big weeks. So those, those are some of the guys that I'm I'm targeting. Uh, is there one guy that you can see being kind of an Alvin Kamara type guy, someone that no one's really paying attention to, but if the circumstances kind of dictate and fall in the correct places he could be someone that just kind of comes out of nowhere and is one of those week three waiver wire pickups that has the ability to win you your league it's funny you say that because Kamara was actually my most owned player in best ball last year Mm, way to go there yeah we were actually a little high on my draft crushes and then you know he kept being the pass catching back for the saints that went in the 12th round and i literally just quick draft every single time um Let's see. I think Neheim Hines from the Colts could get highly involved in that offense outside of T.Y. Hill and is very questionable as to where the ball goes. They're lining him up out wide, slot, running back. They're going to pass him the ball a lot. Uh, he bounces off tackles a lot, Tracks track guy, 4-3, you know, home run hitter. He, he could really blow up this year as a rookie. Uh, Devontae Booker is, you know, he actually averaged more uh, yards per, per route than um, Jarvis Landry did last year. Um <laughs> Or yards per target than Jarvis Landry did last year, and he he could be that pass catcher. He could end up beating Royce Freeman out. Everyone's just assuming Freeman's going to win that battle, but you know, in the eleventh round, I'm willing to take a shot there. Um, it's tough though. I mean, you're you're asking for a, an Alvin Kamara. That that's that's you're asking for a guy to go from the twelfth round to the first round, and that's that's difficult. I mean, Nick Chubb is the obvious answer because if Carlos Hyde leaves next year, Chubb could see a tremendous workload. I think on Johnson is undervalued. And then this is, he's not Alvin Kamara next year because this is his last year in the league, but Darren Sproles in the last round of your draft is a terrific running back value if you missed on somebody earlier. He's going to play and play significant snaps. He's going to get the ball in space. We know what Sproles can do, and that's one of my favorite late-round running backs. Elliot, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Uh, so 
you have done so many things in fantasy football. You continue to do them. Uh, tell the people if they want to hear more from you or if they want to see uh, the stuff that you got out online, where could they find you? What are you working on now? Uh, you can follow me at Elliot Christ, E-L-I-O-T-C-R-I-S-T. Uh, you can follow my company at The Quant Edge. Um, that site is going to be launching August 8th. And, man, I cannot tell you how excited I am about it. We're bringing tools that basically aren't out there in the market at a price that's much cheaper than any one of our competitors. It's going to look and feel better than anything out there. It's going to cut hours worth of research time into minutes, and you're going to get information that you have to pay, pay serious premiums for for pretty cheap. I mean, you want to see a wide receiver cornerback matchup. You want to see a linebacker safety matchup. Whatever you want, all the data is going to be right there in front of you. You want to compare two players. You can do that. You're going to see if you should start your wide receiver, running back, and flex. You can compare any of their metrics. You can see kind of flex one, flex two, how they compare. You want to see your matchup based on the heat map. Where, where is the target location that your defense is, uh, that your receiver is catching all his passes? And the, the matchup that week, where, where is the defense most liable? I mean, if you look at the, the Patriots Eagles Super Bowl last year, they were, Eagles were most, uh, vulnerable in the, the short left side of the field, which is where Gronk actually saw the most of his targets. And then Gronk went for nine catches for 115 yards and two touchdowns on 15 targets. So there's really helpful information there. There's going to be an injury tool. So you know exactly how every player on the team and the entire team are impacted when a player's off the field. I mean, there's going to, and there's going to be an optimizer as well. It's going to be 29.99 a month or a hundred dollars for the season, but there's going to be stuff out there that, on the site that's not out there anywhere else and, and a really fun, what easy way to play with it too. So I'm really excited for what's coming on August 8th. Sounds good. And that's a living document, right? That, that rolls as the season goes by the, the, the stats get updated. Yes. Everything is, uh, everything will be updated. Uh, there's also going to be uh, 25 or so articles and podcasts that come with the subscription as well from me, from other people. And if you're just going to have as much content and as uh, many tools as you could possibly want for a better price than all of our competitors. Yeah. The screenshots that you're releasing from the Twitter page, the quant edge look great. It's a uh, congrats on creating that. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. The quant edge, Elliot, Chris, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your wealth of fantasy knowledge with us. Uh, Take it easy, man. Thank you so much again. Thanks, Elliot. Thank you, brother. So thanks again for Elliot Christ for your insight. Uh, you got our zero running back from the zero running back guru himself, Michael <laughs> Petropoulos. Michael, where can they find you? Mike underscore Petrop on Twitter and basically everywhere else. Twitter's at, the only one I use. <laughs> at Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling frisky. real, real, frisky. real, real frisky. 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 Um, I had to say it a lot of times because... There's no Jason here today. Double the frisky. That was good, though. That was good. Uh, at Brodo Fantasy for anything fantasy related. We're going to be running a bunch of contests and we're running a bunch of stuff. It's time, people. You got to get into the Brodo Fantasy League. Can't Last wait. year, the Brodo Fantasy League was so good that we decided to re-up with the people and create a Dynasty League and create a Keeper League. I already got a, I got a DM from someone making sure we we're still doing that. Another DM from someone, uh, a couple DMs, hoping to get into the new Brodo fantasy league should yes. be a lot of fun we're gonna be running contests and it's a lot of fun every time so stay tuned and with that we will see you next week oh michael have fun in europe thank you if you run into michael in europe take a picture yeah all right see you see you